Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands and today is the WNR 451, it's Survivor Series 2022. I'm not alone, I have a pleasure to be joined by the entire WNR team. But before that, witches gather at houses, bodies burning in red ashes. On the hill, the church in ruin, in this scene of evil doing, is a place for all bad sinners. Watch them eating dead rat cinder. I guess it's the same wherever you may go. And that, of course, is War Pigs, Ozzy Osbourne, with a... Uh, and, of course, speaking of bangers, my team are full of bangers. Is that a correct thing to say? I'm not sure. But up first by my side for WWE and AEW pay-per-view is, of course, the fantastic Jaxi Scarlett. How you doing? Hey, what was that? <laughs> Hello. I, I had no idea who, who you were introducing, and I, would, I was thinking, is it me? But Monty? Who, who are you going with first? Yeah, <laughs> Happy it. to be here. I think um, I may sound a little under the weather. Um, Just got a bit of a sore throat, but we'll power on through. Trust me, I am not right. The amount of medication I'm on now, if any of this makes sense, listening back to it, it would be achievement in itself. Uh, but again, glad to have you on for the ride today. Uh, up next, our resident LXT and New Japan expert, the one and only, it is, of course, Monty. How's it going? I'm doing good. I'm here. I'm happy. Uh, ready to talk about this fantastic show, might I say, just to spoil everything. I think we can all agree on that. Can't wait to get into it, and let's do it. Yeah. yeah. If I go off piste, please help me out. <laughs> and last, but by no means least, she can't sing, she can't dance, but who cares? She walks like Gina. I'll say she can't sing, she can't dance, but who cares? She walks like Gina. It is Gina. How's it going? Hello. I mean, I definitely feel like I've got a Phoebe Buffet from Friends dick voice going on right now so hopefully it won't get in the way of of the podcast today but aside from that i'm excited to be here well if you say like hello wnr podcast listeners i'm sure we're gonna have a few more kind of followers and listeners do you know what i mean i'm sure if i say that uh so yeah gina thank you for doing that uh how are you feeling like we said you're not the best at the moment no, I mean, I'm much better than I was a couple of days ago, but um, I'm still pretty unwell. So hopefully, hopefully in the next few days, I'll be 100% again. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and a live show and seeing the difference, <laughs> seeing us, you know, when we're at a high and then us <laughs> coming down. The last live show, I was absolutely drunk, so I do apologise. And then your next show, you get you get ill. Gina, I just I feel like I'm bringing you various different sides to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very important public relations story, you know. It's like for the children out there. Like, yes, you may have fun, but there will be you know, things that happen afterwards. Uh, but like I said, we're here for Survivor Series War Games. Let's get into it. And what better way to kick off than with kick off Kayla Braxton, Booker T, Jerry the King Lawyer, Irish Kevin, and Pete Rosenberg. And one thing I noticed about this entire kick off is there was a security guard behind uh, Patrick, telling everybody to fuck off. So the people that were literally walking behind him, you just see this arm coming out of shot and just moving people away. Apart from that, there was nothing else on this kickoff, and I watched it for an hour. 
That's an hour of my life I will never get back. Oh, well. So, Aussie starts us off uh, properly with Trips taking more care with intros. I mean, Monty, how good was it to see Aussie Osborne starting us off? And it gave a kind of big event feel straight away. Yeah, man, all the way down, like you mentioned, with Black Sabbath uh, being on the soundtrack and uh, his uh, opening and all of that. It was a good look, and I'd like, I agree. Uh, it, the aesthetic was all there, you can see. And, you know, we, we talked about this, you know, even in takeovers, you know, he's kind of good at implementing uh, themes into some of these shows and all of that, uh, even down at NXT. So it's kind of cool that you can kind of see his influence and see that in the way this show opened. And, you know, WWE usually... They have a great, we talked about it before with video packages and other, they have a great team back there when it comes to uh, being creative for the most part with their show themes. And I thought this one was right on the money with war games, war pigs, like it all just made sense. So it was great to see Ozzy uh, in that spot. Yeah, without shadow of that. Well, waste no time because we got Cole and Graves and introduce himself. And then it's war games. As Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Oscar, Alexa Bliss, and Mia Yim take on Bailey, Dakota Kai, Eo Sky, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley. Uh, everybody's gear in a match looked awesome. They went all out on the designs. That's another reason you can tell it's a big event when they uh, actually take care of their outfits. We see Belair and Kai start the match for their teams. This is the fourth War Games for Kai. And I'm surprised she didn't turn on any of her partners. That's what she usually does. Uh, we start off with the Hills. Have any advantage? So after the first five-minute period, Sky joined a tag team partner in the ring. Sky's Harakamana to Blair did not go as planned, but the drop kick she hit by jumping from one rope to another before hit Blair was awesome. Uh, like I said, Jaxie, the stuff that he can do because I'm very biased. I do think she's as cool as wrestler, but like even the Harakamana didn't put her off from hitting the the rope to rope. And again, the way she does it is just beautiful. Yeah, definitely. And it you could really tell uh it being um Dakota's fourth war games and how comfortable she was sort of starting off the war games and I don't think that they disappointed in opening the show. Uh there were quite a few sort of like high high moments that really elevated this match. Uh but yeah, r- really incredible talent yeah. right there. Well, do you think it's time to give us just Oscar and EO? Have they teased it too many times? We need it. <laughs> do you know what? They've, they've teased it so much that if they don't give this to me, James, I'm going to riot. Monty, I will riot. <laughs> like, it needs to happen. Give me this feud, okay? I don't we care if you actually... Turn, I don't care which one's heel, which one's face. Give me this feud already. Both women need to be in singles runs. And yeah, just give it to me because the talent is just unreal, and those two know each other so well. Um, they're they're the type of uh, duo that could give a, give us match after match and always produce something different. Mm. So just give it to us, you know. Well, when it was time for Nikki Cross to enter the match, she brought a ton of weapons with her from under the ring. Alexa Bliss nearly got decapitated with some wires. You think, come on, guys, it's very simple. I know Bliss only five foot. But still, you could take her out. Cross hit a big dive from the top of the cage onto everyone who was in the ring at the time. When Bailey joined a few minutes later, she brought some ladders and a table into the ring, which took her a good while. Speaking of which, me and him lost to some trash cans. Uh, and noticed the camera operator inside the cage as well. Ripley and Lynch were the final members of their teams. Once the man entered the ring, the match officially began. There could be one at 
any point. Uh, I'm glad we got EO in a trash can. That should be a War Games tradition, no matter what. Becky beating up the hills without any help. Oscar misted Ripley. Bailey landed a hand on the back of her neck when Bianca tried to powerbomb. EO moonsaulted off the top of the cage. Ripley put Yim through a ladder, and Lynch ended up scoring a pin for a team by hitting a huge leg drop off the top of the cage to put Kai through a table. Uh, Gina, what did you think of this match? I mean, I really enjoyed it. There were a few spots that, you know, I've noticed people keep like, you really love to um, regurgitate on Twitter at the moment where, you know, things may not have gone completely planned and things like that. But for me, I was entertained from beginning to end. And I feel like these women went hard. Like, they brought in all different kinds of weapons that they could use against each other. I agree with you, James. The whole EO in a trash can needs to be a recurring thing, like um, Kofi in the Royal Rumble, you know? We need a recurring thing of EO with a trash can in war games every time. Because I actually said to Jaxie when we were watching it, didn't this happen to her last time? Um, she get put in the trash. I absolutely loved it. But um, again, I, I got to commend all the women as well because they all just put their bodies on the line. They're all, you know, quite a lot of them are quite sure. And Nikki jumping from the top was just, you know, that could have been frightening. I'm, I think that I'm quite tall. I'm not. I actually found out I'm the shortest in my team and I've been telling everybody I'm the tallest in my team. But I think I'm quite tall and even I would be scared on the top of that ring. So fair play to these women for just going for it with their bodies. And whether there was a few little mistakes here or there, sorry, but that's not enough for me to say that this was a bad match. I think it was a wicked match. Yeah, I mean, like I said, did all spots work? Probably not. Was it fun? Yes. Like I said, it was It was fucking mental. Especially, like we don't even mention, luckily, Wiley Coyote Cam, as it was, you see all the kind of bodies and weapons strewn across the ring. And like I said, Nikki Cross can achieve anything with this gimmick. I always remember facing Oscar, the last women's standard match in NXT, in NXT. And this was the Nikki Cross of old. I mean, she almost stole the show from Becky Lynch, but Lynch, again, risking it all. And it was a bit surprising she did as well, Gina, because, like, she's just come back from a serious injury and she's diving off the top of the cage. Yes, Kai and Eo took the majority, but still, it's a risk. And you think it still means a lot to the man. Yeah, for sure, definitely. And like I said, you've got to commend them for putting those risks like straight up there. They wanted to give a banger of a show and a banger of an opening match, and that's what they gave. Mm, yeah. My only concern is damage control in this one. And of course, we're going to look at the predictions, but I think Bailey needs to use the free bird rule, maybe dump EO. So EO as a face would just be cool. I mean, that's maybe... <laughs> Uh, but for me, it didn't feel too long either. Oh, maybe a little bit but difficult. You, that may be a little bit difficult considering face. she's still a, a champion at the moment. You know, so it's, it's, they, they'd have to lose the titles first. No, they could do the free bird. Just full-on feud with Asuka and Io. I'm sorry, but I really need just like a full-on feud of just those two, you know, in a singular feud. So yeah. just give me that a few times and then turn her face. Yeah, but there's always a free bird rule. Like we say, Bailey could take the title, defend it two of the three, and then just get rid of EO. I mean, that's the way of doing that as well. Uh, but oh, there's... okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you kind of like having the um, Bailey to take take over as the tag team and them yeah. just kick out EO. Yeah, that yeah. would actually be quite a cool dynamic. They haven't done something like that um, before, so that would be something refreshing, something new, you know? Yeah. Well, we never know. I mean, Jaxie, what were your thoughts on the match? 
Um, I, I loved this match. I thought, uh, I mean, judging from the crowd, you can hear how hyped they were for it. Um, I think that the women, uh, all women involved, took some really risky spots um, and just performed overall just really well. Um, yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was just fast-paced. There was entertaining moments. There were moments that I felt uh, was, uh, holy shit, is she okay type of moment. Um was I disappointed with the outcome considering that already took me down a point? Yes, I was. Um, I do feel like I'm questioning where damage control go from here. So as we were just, just discussing about whether or not Bailey decides to turn and uh, change things up, you know, for the team, I don't know, but I just feel like if they would, because they've not gone for the damage control win route right now, even though they're tag champions, the, the group itself aren't really being that successful or that dominant. Uh, so I just wonder where they go from here, you know? Mm. That being said, it doesn't matter about uh, the fact that it doesn't take away from the, the calibre of the match. The match itself was amazing in my in my uh, opinion. Yeah, uh, Gina, what would you score out of five? Do you know what? I'm going to give that a four, a, a 4.5. No, I'm going to give it four and three quarters. I'm going to give it four and three quarters. I'm going to give them a high match because the uh, score because they did well in the match, so and I enjoyed it. Jaxie, what are you at five? Well, I really enjoyed this, so I gave it a five. And Monty, what's your score? And what were your what any added thoughts are at? Yeah, you know, I agree with a lot with every, uh, everything that you guys were saying. Uh, it was full of good moments. It was a great time to watch. It wasn't always pretty, uh, but like you said, it was a lot of fun spots. I love seeing unhinged Nikki back in, in her element. You know, just like you said, I watched that that last woman standing match also with Oscar. One of the best matches of that format I've ever seen. Uh, I, everyone should always watch that match because they they killed that man right on NXT. I never forget. I watched that live when it aired. It was awesome. But anyway. Uh, Oscar uh, Mist and Rhea was uh, great because I always like when she pulls out the Mist. It's been a while. Uh, Bianca and Becky when they just work together and kind of they the, the the yeah in the chemistry between Bianca and Becky on the way they kind of threw their finishes right into each other. I kind of liked it because like uh, it worked out like the uh, KOD would get reversed into a, a manhandle and then they did the manhandle into a KOD. It was it was kind of yeah, cool, yeah, like, how they that worked part. out. That was quite yeah, cool. it was like yeah. awesome how they did yeah, it together. Looked, yeah, it looked quite good, especially because they did it like in reverse for both. So it right. it worked really well. Yeah, and then the big spot through the table, like you said, with Becky coming back, fantastic finish. Uh and like I said, I was wondering about damage control, but I kind of look at it two ways, two again, because like I do can I also can understand that at this point what damage control has done has really revitalized. Like they're on both shows now. Just them being together has been, has been great for the women's division that has been lacking in a lot of other areas. And now when you add Becky Lynch to this, to this thing, yeah, they haven't won uh, consistently, but I guess I can kind of still see damage control value, but I, I definitely thought they should have at least won something in this whole thing with uh, Bianca. But I also don't mind a dominant Bianca. And this was an exciting match to the end. So I said four and a half stars. Four and a half. Like I said, it's a really, really good way to start the show. 
Uh, Poll-wise, Bianca's team 62%, which makes me think, did we fucking miss saying? Like, where, why? Did, I thought they went was... with the comeback. They went with the comeback. Like, but, did, you know, usually you don't, you don't lose comebacks. Like, why didn't we do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. In hindsight, I think I overthought all of my picks, but we'll get into that. <laughs> well, the pressure was on. Like I said, the pressure was on. Uh, because when we get to predictions, let's not forget that uh, it is down to uh, Monty and Jaxie today uh, for the win. Like I said, they are level uh, on points. I think it's uh, six of points each at this moment in time. So whoever wins outright will win the W Prediction League. Uh, but like I said, we all went damage control, so we're all on zero. <laughs> uh, Jay Uso goes to Roman Reigns with his concerns about Sami Zayn and asks what they're going to do about him. Roman tells Jay he's going to go out there and be the right-hand man and Roman will be the tribal chief and he take care of things man-to-man with Sami and you know if he's telling the truth. Uso leaves and Reigns tells Paul Heyman to bring him Sami Zayn. The, I mean, Jackson, these things during the, even the, the pay-per-view is even a story now. It's much like the old days. Yeah. Where we've got this, you know, thing going I mean, on throughout the night. They're storytelling. <laughs> exactly. They're storytelling. Um, and this is storytelling done, in, done at its finest. You know, uh, this is the right kind of way. Everyone is completely um, invested in the Sami Uso story right now. You know, so get getting um, these small little snippets in between the pay-per-view of and, and, and having it add to the build-up and anticipation of the main event is just it works perfectly you know because right from that very first sort of interaction between jay and, and roman you've got the audience questioning whether or not there's going to be a turn on sammy tonight you know mm. uh so it, it builds that anticipation for getting this match started to see what's going to happen to see what the outcome is going to be I, i'm 100 percent invested in all of this i think when things uh you know kind of come about into fruition um and we see sort of the the result and the outcome um and potential turn on on either side it's going to break my heart because i'm that invested you know so um yeah I, I look forward to kind of continuing to see this uh progress and see where we where we end up with this yeah that well up next we have finn Balor versus aj styles and for number one had control early but the prince wasn't about to make it easy on him whether it looked like styles had it cornered Balor would come up with a way to counter him. About 10 minutes into the match, all hell broke loose at ringside. The OC and the rest of the Judgment Day began to brawl and fought the crowd, leaving Balor and Styles alone. After Fainer get the win with a calf crusher, Styles was able to score the victory with a phenomenal forearm. Uh, it was good that they got everyone else away from him so these two could shine on their own, but maybe didn't reach to the limits that I was expecting, but then again, Monty, I, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? But because we know what Finn and AJ can do, are we just waiting for a five-star match every time? Yeah, I think that's that's what happens when you have like the reputation of these two guys, and like you said, we've seen them do it, do you know, make you know magic together in the past. So uh, you know, you always have, kind of have a degree. I think they kind of do that to AJ and Shinsuke also, like because they had. A classic in the past, so every time they fight now, it's like you, you expect, like you said, five stars, and every time it's not, it's not, it's not always going to be like that every time. But you know, again, I, I thought this match was good to me, and it really had me into it. The crowd didn't necessarily, like you said, going 
until they kind of got the rest of the guys out of the, uh, you know, to everyone kind of cleared house and it became, um, you know, pressure towards the end there. And, you know, I thought they had a really good flow. You know me, I love the uh, the New Japan references. Every time Michael Cole has to explain something about Bullet Club or something about in New Japan, I'm just the mark in me is gonna jump for joy because it's just it never used to happen. You know WWE always acted like New Japan or stuff like that never existed. So anytime they do that, just to add to this story, because of course these are the two, at least the first two leaders of the Bullet Club, and you know with Prince David or Balor being the first and. AJ coming right after. So I loved how involved in that story uh, the commentators were when they were talking about it. So I, I didn't mind that the end of the match flowed well toward the end. And I, you know, I thought the mat, the story of it was that pretty much evenly matched if you just all things considered, but then AJ kind of wins in a flurry toward the end. So I, I thought they had a lot of time to do what they needed to do. I enjoyed the match, but I didn't think it was, like you said, I didn't think it was, I, th- I think they definitely can go a level higher, and I didn't think it was as good or better than the War Games match, so I, I kind of gave it four and a quarter. I ended up on that. But uh, I still enjoyed this match, though. I thought it was really good, especially, I gave it a rewatch, and I, maybe uh, the night of, it probably, I was really into it the night of, but then I got I got a chance to really look at it again the, the second time I watched it, so uh, it, was, it was really good. But this is the thing, though. Uh, you mentioned the people catching their breath for a bit. It was just after the Women's War Games, which yeah. was crazy as anything, you know. Uh, but right. They, you know, they did warm up nicely to this. And like I said, Michael Cole, I think I popped for him when he mentioned Kushida because I'm thinking, like, Kushida's never yes. come back to WWE. Six-time junior heavyweight <laughs> champion, yeah. And he mentioned Kushida that has nothing to do with him anymore, but... Still, that reference, like to feel alive, like it's now it's like WWE has finally joined into the rest of the wrestling world. If you see what I'm trying to yeah. say, not and they always kind of been above the rest of it. Now it feels like they, you know, at least we, they, we, they, they the WWE universe can exist with these other universes. Yeah. <laughs> this is the thing, and the funny thing in this match is that AJ Styles, of course, you know, he's the vet, as they keep calling him, the veteran now, and he's 45, but Bella's 41. It's a nice spring chicken. Yes. Both <laughs> let's, bits. Yeah, let's not forget. Uh, Finn had a bad knock on his back. AJ's chest looked rough. You know, these two men did lay it in. And like I said, uh, it was a really good match. Still not as good as their TLC match. Um, but, I mean, Jaxie, what would you score out of five? And what were your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what both of you were saying. Um the the one main common um, factor of conversation I would say uh, that my sister and I were having throughout this match was the fact that both AJ and Finn are in their 40s and still doing moves like this. Um, this just so goddamn impressive. Um, I too picked up on some of the New Japan stuff. And, you know, Monty, you'd be really proud because we were like, I know this. I know who he's talking about. So I was really happy with that. <laughs> I'm getting there slowly but surely getting there you know um i too really enjoyed seeing the bullet club um uh references it really does make me think of jay white and everyone else uh in the bullet club in new japan uh, so just seeing sort of uh the progression um of wrestling since paul Levesque has taken over um is just refreshing you know um i i enjoyed this match do i think it was like overly amazing no but i think it definitely did the job um, I, I too gave it a four and a quarter. I thought it was a, a pretty decent 
not to go off topic here, but just mention Jay White. Uh, and if anybody is interested, uh, New Japan Strong had a great match uh, a couple of weeks ago. It was Jay White versus Fred Rosser, the former Darren Young. And it was the IWGP heavyweight champion versus the strong champ. And it really is a great match. And when you consider it's one of the primetime players versus like Switchblade, it's crazy to think. But check that out. <laughs> um, Gina, what did you think of Balor versus AJ getting back on topic? Um, yeah, no, I agree with you as well. Um, it, for me, I, the only thing, and it's not really a bad thing, but I just was like, I, I don't know if like I feel like this was built up enough for for it to be like a pay-per-view because we, I, it feels like we'd seen this match a few times. But was I mad at watching this match? No. So I still enjoyed it. I gave it a four. Um, and again, like my sister said, these guys are in their 40s and they're wrestling so much better than some of the, the younger wrestlers at this moment in time. So it just shows you that age really isn't a number when it comes to this profession and fair play to the guys. Yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I'll give that a four as well. AJ's got 88% of the polls. Predictions, we all went AJ. So we all uh, get a point. So we all want Aussie, of course, gave his time uh, a little bit here. So we, you know, plug the album for up next, the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi Blackheart. Shotzi brought her tank. Ronda brought hers in Basler. Uh, and the ballsy badass went right with a champ. But the former UFC star was ready for her and had her down in a landcore lock within the first minute. The match was built up with Rousey as the dominant champ and Shotzi, the valiant underdog. Uh, it worked, though, when she was trying to make a comeback. Whether the total holder took hold of, uh, over, things slowed down. He ended up fighting the Shotzi took out Rousey, Basler, and several other fans, fans, uh, in the front row with a dive off the barricade. <laughs> I'm sure Hank was a part of the group. After they got back in the ring, the baddest woman on the planet took Shotzi off the top rope with his weird slam, hit the piper's pit, and then into the armbar for the win. Um, Jaxie, what were your thoughts on this matchup, you know? Um, okay, this wasn't, uh, okay, I, not, I didn't really like it. Um, it's not really the fault of Ronda or Shotzi. Uh, I think it really just originally stems from the fact that I don't feel like there was any, uh, remote surprise as to who was going to be sort of the dominant one and who was going to be sort of like coming out as the victor on this. Um, this isn't any sort of dig at Shotzi for that. It's just, you know, Ronda right now is just on a different level and there wasn't enough time to build up a, a somewhat decent storyline for people to get invested in really, truly believing Shotzi could win. Um, obviously, if this if if this had been like with Raquel Gonzalez, there might have been a lot more anticipation going into the match. So I feel like even when the match first started... Like, uh, there wasn't any uh, form of anticipation for what's to come. Um, if anything, I was just thinking, geez, Shotzi's about to take a beating of a lifetime, you know? Um, I also just feel like it just didn't really get given an, a lot of time. Uh, it felt like the audience had kind of died down a bit. Um, and it just kind of really was a slugfest for Shotzi getting beat on. Uh, she got some good moments in. 
Uh, so I'm not trying to, you know, deny that she didn't look great at some points as well. Uh, but I was ultimately, I just already felt myself waiting for it, just sort of that pivotal moment where Ronda's going to be like, all right, I've had enough now. Like, fuck this shit. Like, let me just finish this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But so you... it, it's, I, feel, I feel bad because I just didn't really take much from this match. But do you think it's Ronda's fault? Has she reached a level where she can't be either bothered how to wrestle, you know, even better, it just, it, or just... Yeah. Cause we've had a go at Brock yeah. Lesnar for the past couple of years about this, mm. and it just seems like yeah. it's the same shit with Ronda, and she's not even trying to give yeah, her a yeah. yeah, yeah. I think, um, I have to agree, I feel like there was like minimal effort in Ronda to take uh, this seriously. Um it just seems like with every match she is involved in, there there isn't any um, there, there's not any visible progression in in seeing her really trying to to like um, evolve her moves, uh, you know, try to make things more entertaining. But I think she's been very vocal in kind of showing that what what she believes wrestling to be, which is you know just fake um and just you know more an acting gig like she comes across like that type of person that just isn't taking this seriously um and as much as she is a a big name so putting the belt on her works well to bring in those numbers bring uh bring in those that viewership at the same time i don't think it does anything to help elevate the women's belt Mm. um I, i feel like there have been other female wrestlers that have elevated the belt and actually uh tried their hardest to uh improve on their own skill sets day in day out you know um with Rhonda it just seems like there's no progression at all uh in anything that she's doing in the ring at the moment and I think that could also lead to long-term fans long-time fans of wrestling not anticipating her matches as much as they want to, um, not feeling any excitement going into her matches because we kind of already know what she's going to give us. So yeah. it's kind of like, why should we put the effort into really, uh, you know, giving a shit about oh, her yeah. matches when she couldn't give a shit about what she produces in the ring for us? You Long know, it, it ultimately sucks for the for for whoever she's facing. You know, you could tell Shotzi was really going for it um, and really trying her hardest in this match. But it just, yeah, it just that this match ultimately failed for me to pick up anything to remotely to invest in. Monty, we've been too negative. Is if Ronda, like you know, well, I think, you know, no, uh, like I, this match was killed online and it was rough, but it wasn't all bad. And like you got, and like you mentioned, a lot of that good in this match was how hard Shotzi was working it and. I think both of them work hard, but how hard, right, like, how right. good Shotzi looked at times and the fact that, that they wanted to showcase that she is relentless and that she had a chance mm. in this match. But like you guys mentioned, we know yeah. what's going to happen anyway. And and besides that, besides that, that, the fact that we already know that, it's all, and when you are a champion mm. and when you're at Ronda's level, you have to be able to, we've seen Ronda do good, but every time she's done really, really good in, these, in WWE, She's been in the ring with some top-notch talent. Like that's what I that, like. Not trying to say Ronda isn't good, but like 
you're doing you're having great matches with Becky Lynch. Okay, how many times how many bad matches do, do Becky Lynch have? Oh, you're having great matches with Charlotte. You're having great matches with, with Kurt Angle, Triple H, and Stephanie. Like you see what I'm saying? Like yeah. the, the, the highlights in her career, mm. she's been involved with people who can bring her up to that level. So as champion, exactly, now, yeah. you have to especially in this situation with Shotzi, no one believes Shotzi has a chance. Do you actually believe Ronda is good enough to where she can carry someone who is not already a star? And I think so far she hasn't been able to prove that she can go out there and give a compelling performance with someone who's not already good at having the uh, fans into their matches. So, uh, but I hope Shotzi got more over with people in this case because Shotzi did still look Mm -hmm. good in this match. And uh, as a matter of fact, we've seen Shayna have a more natural ability to do that with people. Then Ronda seemed to, to mm. uh, when it comes to like even, you know so I don't understand it but like I Thank like you. people were it was it was trending to fire Ronda Rousey after this match man so like <laughs> like you don't like, I don't think you should fire her off that but I'm just saying that's how bad some people some people are really tired of like you guys say this lack of yeah. effort or this 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 same formula and it was tough to watch at times. Yeah. But yeah. uh I gave it three and a half yeah. in the end because I thought shots in worked hard and I did get what they were trying to do. Mm. And I also just want to say just because of we were talking a lot about uh uh sort of like how Rhonda has been portraying herself lately in the ring. I also wanted to just go back to my earlier point before we even discussed Rhonda that I also do feel like there wasn't enough time to build up a decent storyline for us to truly believe that Shotzi could take the, the, the title. But that doesn't take away from the hard work that Shotzi put in because you could see she was trying. Um, you could see the effort that she was putting in, you know. So I don't want it to look like we were just kind of solely blaming this on Ronda, but also just sort of the story building for this match compared to the level of story building we've been getting for, like, Sami Uso, uh, Uso getting initiated into the bloodline is just uh on two different com- completely different caliber levels so it sometimes it is about how much investment you've done into the storyline as well in order to help convince the audience on whether or not there could be a title change so i want to add that factor in as well it's not just about ronda's wrestling or a sh- or shotzi's effort uh is also to do with the storyline and the build-up previously before this match but I, um, I that, too, I'm gonna give it. Sorry, I'm gonna give it a three and three quarters for that match. Yeah, uh, we'll get scores in a minute. But like we said, we, we talk about that as well, and it's, it's an interesting thing. But with the like we said, the Sami Zayn story, the difference is this is kind of once in not generation storyline, but these storylines don't come along very often, you know. So I think then the problem is we compare it to kind of what it is, and you know because that's like kind of best out there, it's not going to reach. And there's no excuse for Ronda to maybe do different things. What I'm going to say, and Gina, I don't know if you fucking noticed this, about heels now in WWE, is that they need people to help them win. Like, I think all the champions have now got backup. You know, where it would be the Bloodline, <laughs> Imperium. Good point. Basler with Ronda now. Like, <laughs> Managers are back, man. <laughs> why do we need so many heels? You have to remember, like, back in the day, like, we have, like, heels like Eddie Guerrero, who didn't usually, he did have people help him sometimes, but half the time it was just him being a dutty player himself, you know, undoing his boots and, and crawling out of the ankle lock so he could get a low blow in and things like that. Like, some, you know, people like Jay White still can pull off 
being a heel, sometimes getting help, but also being a heel just in by them by themselves. But aside from those two, I can't really name any other heels that don't have outside help constantly helping them to win. Like I think that they need to like even do that with Bailey. If Bailey is gonna be all a full out heel, I never think Bailey should be faced ever again. She is the best as a heel. But I think like even Bailey, when she's just off on her own again, she needs to prove to people that she can be a heel without having outside help. She can just do it herself because she's that much of a dirty player, you know? A bit like when Becky was a heel for a for a hot sec. You know, she kind of was doing it all um, by herself. I mean, she's doing it on a healing way. I just wanna quickly point I just wanna point out as well though that Rhea is a heel and I like to think that during like the female side of her matches she doesn't need no help to win, but then obviously when it comes, to... yeah, but she's in the groove. No, no, like no. I said, it's... What, what I'm trying to say is, even though she's she helps other her team get the wins in their matches as the Judgment Day as a singles person, you don't see her getting any help because she don't need it. And it does cause you know? distraction quite a lot. Like that's why AJ had to come out when Rhea was having a match against Mia, I think. Oh, um, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, because Dominic. Oh, wait, yeah, 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 that was Dominic. Once Rhea realizes that is not bring your kids to work day anymore, then hopefully <laughs> we can get past this this phase of it, you know? So, yeah. <laughs> hopefully so be, not. But it'd be interesting to see. <laughs> yeah, it would be. It would be interesting. You know, evolution booking. Yeah, this is the thing. This is the thing. About Ronda, it did give me vibes of like, do you remember there was a match between Brock and um, John Moxley? And I think after the match, like John Moxley was talking about it and he was like, he really, really wanted to go hard in that match. And Brock just basically didn't give him the chance and just basically smashed him and ended the match because he could not even be bothered to try and just put on a good match. He just Mm. wanted to, you know, Hulk out, smash and go. And, like, Mox just felt really deflated from that. And I kind of got that vibe. I'm not necessarily saying this is how Shotzi might have had the time of her life and thought that was a wicked match and I really had a good time. But for me, I just got a little bit of a a Brock v. Mox vibe here, saying, like, I I feel like Ronda's not putting in enough effort to make this look like Shotzi could have a chance at winning. You know, um, it's good when we have those matches where you're like, oh, crap, is she actually going to get this, you know? And that's what they did with Liv. Like, none of us actually thought that, and then they actually did it. So it would have been nice for Ronda to commit a little bit more, I guess, um, just to make us, as fans, believe that Shotzi might have had a chance. Yeah, I think we've had that. And you bring up WrestleMania 32. Which... Yeah, Ronda, Ronda <laughs> said time, timeless times. She said timeless. She said so many times. She ain't doing this for the fans. So she's not going to give that to us. Nah. Yeah, fucker. That's what I say. But talk about WrestleMania 32 quickly about Mox versus Lesnar, uh, which were the worst WrestleManias of all time. But don't worry, because Roman Reigns and Triple H went like half hour in the main event, so that made up for it, you know. So that was fine. Uh, let's hope we got no more of that booking to come. But with Ronda, it's a thing, right? Because even if she can't be bothered to work, still got that. Uh, so-called star power next to her name and to be fair if we can get to Wrestlemania to drop the title to someone uh, then Ronda could do what she wants team up with Baszler do you know what I mean just get you know to what? this point I, 
I definitely think that needs to happen. I agree with you, James. Um, I do think that they would be a, a really great tag team. Um, they would dominate the tag team division. I think they could actually bring a lot of um, curiosity to the women's tag team division and actually start helping to slowly build that up if they both actually really committed to to being a tag team together. Uh, I just also think that uh, when it comes to Ronda, I'm not trying to say that she always has bad matches. I think it was Monty who rightly said uh, the people that she works with end up making her look greater. I just know that that she she does have that potential to do that by herself, to help elevate others by herself and stuff. It's just this attitude that we all know that she kind of has that ends up putting us off anything that she gives us in the ring, you know? Um, so I, who knows? Though? I think that if she if they actually she dropped the title and they actually became a tag team took the championships. I think that there could be a bit more motivation for her there with uh, working with Shayna, but who knows? Yeah, well, back to the match. Uh, Monty, what would you score that out of five? Yeah, three and a half stars. Like I said, it was rough to watch at times, but like I said, I thought I got what they were trying to do and I thought they both uh, worked hard. So three and a half. And Gina, what about you? Yeah, I gave it three and a half as well. Yeah, I gave it three and three quarters, I guess, just because of Shotzi's effort. Shotzi on the pole, 62%. I'll have what they're having. I mean, like I said, they might have got damage control, but I were <laughs> taking when they picked Shotzi. Uh, predictions, we all went Ronda, so we all two and oh. And Sami Zayn rolls up into Roman Reigns' office to chat. Uh, Roman asked him about last night, and it was talking to Kevin Owens. Sami admits... And uh, Reigns asked why he lied to Jay. Zayn said he withheld the information. He lied to Jay because he had a huge match. He didn't want this to be on his plate. He already had trouble trusting him. If he's being honest, he didn't talk to Kevin. He sat there and listened. And then Owens left. And that's the truth. Roman asked what KO said. And Sammy tells him what he turned turn on the bloodline before they turn on him. Uh, Reigns says he gets that KO was his friend. But he needs Zayn to understand that this is his family. This is his blood. And needs Sammy to look in the eyes. And know if he's with him or if he's going to stab him in the back. And after looking in his eyes, Reigns stares at him for a long moment, stands up. He tells Sammy to get up. And Roman looks at him in a grin, cracks a uh, grin across his face. And they hug with Paul in the background. I mean, again, this was great storyline. Might not have told it as well, but just go and watch it. You know, like we said, Reigns believing in what Sami Zayn said. Uh, which can only be a good thing. But up next, here we go. It's Monty or Jaxie. Because we know from the live show exactly what point and what predictions they made. We're going to find out here. Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley for Rollins for the United States Championship. And you know, for a second, I thought Theory's new name was Beyblade. And then I realised they're actually playing a fucking advert. As Fury is coming to the ring, it's like, <laughs> how important are you? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, man. You know, like, come on, Fury. Uh, but right after the bell rang, uh, Bobby Lashley clotheslined Austin out. He tried to get back in, but Seth Rollins knocked him down. This left the visionary and the almighty to fight by themselves until the former Mr. Money in the Bank got involved again. Uh, again, this match was a great job balancing 
all three and the sequences were in control they also set it up so each person took a little time outside but not too much to make it obvious Lashley tried to put Rollins in the hurt lock but Fury jumped on his back with Sleeper to break it up hurt lock reversed by Austin into pin was a perfect timing from Seth with a frog splash that literally pinpoint Bobby tried to a double hurt lock and if anybody can Bobby can. Rollins hit Fury with Superplex, but when he tried to hit the Falcon Arrow, the Almighty speared him. However, Fury made the cover and got the pin to win the championship. Um, again, this was crazy. Agena, I'll go to you with your thoughts first because I'm sure Jaxie and Monty will have a lot to say. What did you uh, think of this match as an unbiased participant? Scary match. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't really interested, but it's not that. I, it's not that I wasn't really interested. This was like my bathroom break type match. You know, I was kind of like looking on Twitter a lot and stuff like that. So it's not that um, I wasn't invested, but I also, I also kind of just was. Yeah, like you said, I'm biased about it. To be honest. Um, it kind of felt a little bit like the the Samoa Joe match, the triple threat match. I just felt like it was just really unbiased. I had no idea which way it was going to go. I thought one thing, but then had a gut feeling a different thing was going to happen. So yeah, it was it was kind of like a catch twenty two with this one. Um, but I I will admit that I do think that I'm taking theory a lot more seriously now that he's not this um, TikToker b-boy kind of vibe you know i think the serious vibe is working for him so i think they need to keep pushing him with that yeah that's it it's an interesting way to go about it uh jaxie mm-hmm. how happy were you then when theory won the u.s title Cause i know you're not a huge fan but you must have been popping big uh, i did not see this coming first of all can i just say the best moment of this match was when Seth used Theory's back to like piggyback off of to do deliver that master stomp to Lashley, that just looked incredible, and I really enjoyed that part. Um, I was laughing the whole time, like he just got taken out by being in the air, but Seth taken the the spear by Bobby Lashley, which looked incredibly painful, um, and I I just couldn't help but laugh really hard I did not see this coming and I actually was watching this whole match thinking I'm so living in regret with my choice why did I pick theory why did I do this to myself and then I come out winning so I was really happy over over the moon just because I did not expect this to happen how's that feel Monty uh not only do you lose this but why <laughs> did theory lose his money in the bank then what was the whole point of this show <laughs> Yeah, that's the only thing that that's the only thing that aggravated me about it. To where it's like, like why why did he have to do do like again? It was an open damn challenge. Why did he have to do that? But anyway, it's fine. It's okay. It, this match was so damn good to me that and the way that played out, like she just explained the finish. Uh, I didn't even. I really wasn't. I wasn't even that mad, bro. Like I, you would be surprised. Like I sat there. <laughs> After just being on that roller coaster that it was, because it was just that well done. Like Bobby was was dominant, like like everyone expected. Seth was the favorite. He sounded like you heard the crowd. They were really they really was into Seth, 
looked like uh, he was going to win until, you know, very, right until the very end. And in theory, uh, you know, I could call him an opportunist, but he actually showed backbone. He wasn't running away, and he wasn't trying to take advantage of anything. He didn't do the cheap old throw the other guy out. He tried to do the cheap mm-hmm. finish. I think at one point, but it didn't give us that cheap throw one guy out and then pin him in the end. Like he did get lucky if, with the way it played out, but it's still again. But such the everyone looked so good, even theory at times, and it was so incredibly dramatic. Cause like like I at the time I watched I was watching it live. Like you you were uh, you know you were already giving up on theory. I was more like no, nah, this is too it's too much going on. So like I, I it don't feel like he's gonna retain because there's so much going on. So like I was just but anyway, it was great. Yeah, I think I had a really good time watching. And I just like I said, I don't know him failing that cash in to me. I I don't know. I still I still don't like it, but I no one can tell me they saw this coming. So that's another thing that made me feel better because the way it played out was so crazy. I'm like, I don't care what Jackson said. She didn't see it going like this. <laughs> but no, it was I great. honestly, like, I really didn't. This is another reason why I didn't like. I wasn't like uh, sending you private messages like ha ha and all this because I genuinely felt throughout this whole match that <laughs> I was the one losing this, and I was so surprised in a happy way. But I also was like, that pin should not have great. happened. So yeah. I locked into this win. I definitely locked into this. <laughs> but it was a banger, though, man. I can't complain when it's a banger. It's hard for me to complain yeah. when the match is great like that. Like the ending of the match itself didn't hurt Bobby either. I don't think it hurts, like, his standing. Yeah, no one looked bad. <laughs> yeah, no one looked no, bad. No, no, they didn't. All of them still I looked bad. I mean, it was, Bobby, it was Bobby's spear to Seth. Yeah, it was Bobby's spear to yeah. Seth. That actually won this match, so technically Bobby should be the the, the winner of this yeah, match, right. you know. So Wild there's Self so many different arguments for different things. I think all three of them came out. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, it was a crazy spot. Like, <laughs> that was a crazy. Yeah, Self was looking good at the time yeah. too, until he got speared. So it was just yeah, yeah, it was yeah. <laughs> exactly. Like all three of them worked so well together to elevate one another. Like this is this is like the complete opposite to what I'd say how Shotzi and Ronda worked together because all three of these guys had some really superb moments that really made made anyone watching the match believe that at one point all three of them could have won this match. So this is how you, you do a good, a good, decent... With the ambiguous ending, it still makes you question, but wait, who would win an actual match out of the three of these? Because, to be honest, like right. that, and again, like the first sort of triple threat match we had, was kind of unpredictable so it's like wait but out of the three of these who's seriously who can you say would win like in a clean way so it just makes you want to see it more i too i too agree with uh what my sister said as well earlier about theory's new changing character i think this works for him i like this new serious uh uh character that he's coming out with um and quite frankly i i saw him as just a joke uh beforehand I'm very much willing to kind of give this theory more of a chance and because I'm I'm taking him more seriously. So even though that was a fluke win, his character work and how he's changed it up, I think he's doing really well at the moment. So we'll see what he has to bring in the future, especially now that he's got this title again. But I'm intrigued to see what the company are going to do with him now, you know, uh, whereas before he'd, I didn't really give him a much train of thought. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how things go with him. I'm sure he'd be jobbing out to Johnny Gagano for the US title sooner. But as for the match, 
Cole had to mention Shield fair play to him. In a multiverse somewhere, this is for the WWE Championship. This is the main men's story on Raw. And another thing about it, when Seth yeah. starts flying, you realise how good he is in the air. But he doesn't need to do it all the time. And that's what makes these events more special. Right. When he's pulling out Phoenix Splashes and Frog Splashes like it's nothing. And like I said, really enjoyed this to flow. It felt like a proper triple match where you didn't know which way it was going to go. Uh, so, Jaxie, I'll start with you. What were you going to score this at five? Um, I mean, I, I thought this match was great, so I just gave it a four and a half. Yeah. Monty, what about you? I'm definitely biased. Triple, if you don't know, Triple Threat are my jump. That's my, that's, I love them. I, it's hard. I re, like, you really have to be bad to mess up Triple Threats, in my opinion. <laughs> but I know they're hard to do from the wrestler perspective. Anyway, I give them five stars. Five. And Gina, what about you? Yeah, I gave it a four and a half. I thought it was good. Again, it it just had me in such a such a mind fuck, I want to call it, in terms of who was going to win out the three of these because my gut always wants to go with Bobby Lashley, but my head was thinking, no, Theory's got this. But then you two went with the retaining, and I was just like, ah, I just don't even know who's going to come who's going to come out of this on top. So yeah, it was definitely entertaining. Yeah, it was really really good. I'm going to give it four and a half as well. Poll wise, Austin Fury eleven point eight percent, Bobby Lashley twenty nine point four, Seth Rollins fifty eight point eight. Predictions: Yes, Rogina went for Fury. Team Jonty is back. They went for Rollins, so Jonty's on two, Rogina on three. We see an advert for the Royal Rumble. I wonder why I mentioned that, Monty. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. Looking yeah. forward to it. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be closer than you can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose to see what happens uh, as we approach the event. I always love a Royal Rumble as well. We see Jay Uso talking to Roman Reigns backstage, and Roman tells him he trusts Sammy, and have to see how it plays out. Leading to the main event, the brawling brutes, uh, Butch Dunn, Ridge Holland, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens versus the Bloodline. Jimmy and Jey Uso, Sami Zayn, Solo Sokoa, and Roman Reigns. We saw Owens wore a Dusty Rose shirt to pay homage to the man who created the War Games match. Bloodline all in red, apart from Daddy. And it is crazy. And I'm going to... I wasn't... I don't remember this, right? But again, it's crazy to think 30 years previously, Heyman's Dangerous Alliance took on Sting Squadron. So Sting Squadron had Sting... Barry Windham, Dustin Rose, Ricky Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff, right? And you laugh at that. Hmm. Three of those guys are still wrestling. Ricky Steamboat is making mm-hmm. a comeback this year. Of course, we know Dustin Rose. Defeating the Dangerous Alliance, which was Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco. <laughs> how, Monty, that is a mindfuck, do you think? That's kind of how Triple H thought, fell in love with the War Games as well. Yeah, man, it just just shows you the insane history of not only that match type, but you know you have the NWA and WCW and all of that. So, uh, you know, even uh, down to we'll see in a minute Kevin Owens's gear, and uh, you know getting contact with Dusty and his his you know that type of uh, connection. It's just like the history of this match and like you said, all of Triple H's influences 
now popping up in his work. It's it's amazing when you think about it. Uh, but yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. I, I also um, I really do like the fact that they do reference like previous uh, war games or those that have been involved in them. It just yeah. uh, not only pays respects to those, but it it also gives you um gives the fans who were fans, you know, of those eras and watched those war games, it gives them something to actually reminisce about. Um, so it always works in the favour of both people because you just get hit with that sense of nostalgia. Yeah, and it gives young fans a chance, you know, to have something to go back to so you can see, like, the history or, like, just uh, the evolution of the <laughs> well, match type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, the, and the low ceilings. That's the one thing that got me about <laughs> <laughs> But again, it's a great point. <laughs> changed it now, uh, and we're going to start off with, like we said, the men's war games with Butch and Jay for the teams. This is Dunn's fourth war game, so much like Dakota Kai has had plenty of experience. They traded uh, insults Bits. from, yeah, they are. They traded insults from opposite rings for actually engaging each other. The Babyface had the advantage in this match, so the next person to enter the cage was Holland. Reigns sat on a chair in a cage. I don't know if it was funny or not, but it looked cool. Uh, when it was time for the second member of the bloodline to enter, Roman stopped Jimmy and told Zayn to go instead. He took his time getting in the ring because Holland and Butch were in control. J- uh, Zayn saved Jay from Ridge, but there's no saving them from Drew. Uh, the way McIntyre was throwing Zayn around was hilarious. Once Jimmy got in the ring, he brought some tables into the cage. Uh, Jay and Zayn almost got into a fight. But Jimmy got between them. Jay, I would say, sold his hand all match, uh, all match from the first exchange with Dunn, which I loved. Owens uh, helped turn the tide for the Brutes bringing chairs to the Usos. Owens and Zane were kept apart by a few looks. Kev drove Jimmy through a table. Sutter arrived and turned the tide. He had a nice exchange with KO. Drew wanted payback on Solo. And of course, much like McIntyre this year, he didn't get it. Sheamus was the last face out. He hit the white noise on Solo from the second rope. And Reigns was the last man to enter the cage. Both teams stood opposite rings for a showdown before everyone engaged. It wouldn't be Triple H's War Games, Monty, without that scene of five and five in separate rings. I was waiting. It was a drinking game. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. It has to happen. That's part of the EO trash can tradition. <laughs> you have to do a, a, a square off. It, it just it wouldn't be the same without it. <laughs> we had uh, the 50 beats of the Finn Balor. Uh, Sheamus was speared after Solo was brogued. Dunn saved the day. Jay hit Zane by accident, but he did not seem sorry about it. Uh, 1D did Dunn. Rain speared Ridge through a table. Drew was put through a table by Solo. Then Sakoa at a stunner. Owens and Reigns exchanged. Kevin hit the stunner. But Sami Zayn stopped the referee's count. The look on both Sami and Owens' face. Brilliant moment. Yeah, was something that I've not seen in you. We wondered how it would come into play. It was it, it was like a, a, like a gasping moment. Like a, <gasps> oh no, he didn't just do that. <laughs> and then when we thought maybe that was it. The worst thing happened. Zane low blowed KO, um, and then Haluva kick after Reigns approved. Uh, we see Owens falling out the corner in the kind of the, and I know we've seen it in wrestling, but again the emotion with these two men as Owens kind of fell to the floor 
after being betrayed by his best friend. And Jay looked on impressed and hit the match-winning Uso splash. Reigns embraced Zayn after the match, and so did Jay to the delight of the crowd. And I tell you what, this War Games, I don't know what I was expecting, but what a story. The only issue was Ridge was probably the odd man out during this match. He probably just laid down during the majority of it. Uh, but, and also there's a rumour about Owen slapping Reigns too hard. We did, see, we did see a little bit of Mark and Reigns, but this was sorted out. But Monty, what do you think of that? Because that was A-plus storytelling. Right. Like, I'm glad you said storytelling because that's what I kind of took away from it too. You know, I've probably seen better War Games matches when it comes to big moments or, like, spots, you know what I'm saying? Or Because, like, what immediately comes to mind is, like, Adam Cole and uh, Chompa off the top, you know what I mean? It wasn't anything crazy like that, really, uh, you know, too crazy like that uh, in this in this match that I uh, like that. But from a storyteller standpoint, oh, man, this is just great, man. The teamwork of the bloodline, uh, when they got into the ring, even with the conflict uh, with Sammy and Jay, the storytelling of that, too, they still work together well as a team. And uh, the drama of that finish, like you said, the way it all played out, that was just top-notch execution by everyone involved. Like you said, the acting there with Kevin Owens, the facial expressions there, it was just all well played. It was he, And they also took their time. Like after the low blow, that long pause in between the next action until when he finally does the Aluva kick and all that type of stuff, all of that added to the dramatic feeling of that finish. And of the betrayal or whatever, just added weight to it all, in my opinion. So I just loved how it was produced and every camera angle made sense. It was just great. And then Solo looked like a beast throughout the match. He looked, he looked great. And I, I really love the fact that he had he got a chance to showcase how much of a force that he's going to be, you know, uh, especially as an enforcer for the bloodline. And Jay finally acknowledged Sammy there at the end after the match. So it was just like it, you got a lot of things that was great to see. And it also kept you uh, wondering, okay, well, what's next for the bloodline now that they have, that they seem to have gotten over the fact of whether or not they should trust Sammy? What, what's going to happen next? Uh, what's Kevin going to do now? So you, ha- you came away from, with some really good questions uh, also out of this match. So I've probably seen better War Games matches, but the storytelling here, man, perfect stuff. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Jack, see what were your thoughts on this main event? I mean, uh, again, a lot of what Monty says, I agree with. Uh, There are some excellent moments. I I do also agree with you that I feel like the the, probably the only person who who didn't really benefit as much was uh, Ridge. I didn't really see him much. He was always down. down, (laughs) (laughs) Every time he got up, someone put him back down. (laughs) So, you know, Ridge was sleeping throughout most of this match. Butch had some really great moments that just uh, really highlighted the beginning of the War Games match between him and Jay. Um, I really loved the sort of uh, storytelling with having um, Jay and Sammy, the first two, in there. Um, just just seeing Daddy Rain sat down there shaking his head, you just know you disappointed Daddy. Like, damn. I, I was loving all of these little moments. Like Again, these are small little snippets of storytelling that just really make this sort of excellent this whole outcome excellent um the match itself went hard uh i really enjoyed it i everything from when sammy stopped the ref was just very very entertaining um yeah overall i really enjoyed it yeah 
Really, really good stuff. Uh, Gina, what about you? What were your thoughts and what would you score out of five to start us off? Um, well, I, I would score this a five for sure. Um, but I definitely enjoyed this match, even from when you mentioned, James, about Roman sat in a chair in the cell. I actually <laughs> thought that was boss vibes. I thought it set the tone of where Roman thinks he is in this pecking order with these 10 other men that are in this match with him. He's like, nah, I'm going to sit down until my ass is ready to get in that ring, you know? Um, so I loved that dominant feeling. And I don't know, I feel like I'm, I'm possibly a little bit biased with the bloodline, of course, because like I am one of four sisters. And so when I see sort of Roman, you know, we have our elder sister and then you've got the twins, which is us, me and my twin sister next. And then we have our baby sister, who I would say is solo, you know, and I would actually add that um, Jatsu's gay best friend is Sami Zayn for sure. <laughs> but so I always kind of just link our family in with the bloodline. And it's just so cool to just see them work together um, because it just gives me vibes of me and my sisters, you know, always on the same wavelength. So I definitely am biased towards them. But I still will say that the other team, you know, fought hard. I was a bit disappointed at first because I was like, the women brought in so many more weapons to their match. But to be honest, it was so it was it was good that the the guys didn't do the same and bring in just as many weapons as the, the women did because they were more storytelling with the men's one, and that just made it even more impactful and it made it different to the women's war games match in a way. So um, yeah, I definitely rated this match and it just had me from beginning to end. I'm excited to see the bloodline actually just work together for the next few weeks, hopefully. Um, and they don't break my heart before Christmas. Just give us give us a nice few weeks of, you know, Jay and Sammy having this best of friendship, fox and hounds sort of thing, you know. And, um, and then in the new year, it will all come crashing down for sure. Like, I'm possibly, like, going to prophesize, like, Sammy Zayn is going to win the Royal Rumble and be like, I did it for you, Tribal Chief, so you don't have to have anyone to um, come at you for WrestleMania. But then the closer the time gets to it, Sammy's like eyeing that belt, you know? It'll be wicked. So I, there's definitely so many different like ways they can go with this, and I'm excited to see what they're going to do. Well, it's even like, I think Monty mentioned it, like evolution kind of booking of Solo Sokoa. I mean, even what happened with Sammy Zayn this year, you could have Solo winning the Rumble uh, and then having that point where, you know, Reigns saying to him, well, you're going to kind of bow down to me because now you, Solo's and Zayn are getting on. And Solo's, it was a brilliant moment on SmackDown, we'll talk about in a minute, but when they were trying to get him to hug him and Solo was the only one not moving. So now you're thinking, like, oh, is he going to be the one? Uh, obviously, we're going to get the Sami Zayn stuff happening, but there is either a story there in six months' time to a year as well. You know, we talk about long-term storytelling. Uh, it is just aces at this moment uh, in WWE. But, uh, I mean, Jackson, what would you score out of five? Yeah, again, I think it was another five-star match. Uh, there, it was just entertaining throughout all of it. I was highly invested to see how that outcome was going to affect the bloodline going forward. Um, and I just thought it was brilliant uh, from all... Uh, all of the participants, uh, they put a lot of effort into this. So, yeah, five. And Monty, what about you? Yeah, perfect story, but match, I'll give it four and three quarters. Okay. No problems with that. Like I said, poll-wise, who wins? Well, the bloodline, 65% of the vote. Uh, 
Jackson Howe said the Brutes, because it's the only way they can give Bloodline any significant loss without them losing the belts. We thought that at WrestleMania Backlash. I'm now Bloodline in the match. Yep. I'm, I'm back in Bloodline. I've learnt my lesson. <laughs> right, just screw it, bro. Like, yeah, fuck, just screw it. <laughs> uh, predictions uh, to end the night. Uh, well, the we all, well, Monty, Jaxie, and I all went for the Brutes. Gina went Bloodline. So the final scores are James, James and Monty on two, Jaxie on three, Gina on four. So that's right. In a fight between Monty and yeah, yeah, Gina steals the show again. <laughs> Much like the AEW show. <laughs> she did it again. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> How do you feel about your win? I mean, I'm definitely gloating for sure because I'm just like that G-Site came into play again and I'm happy with it. Even though it doesn't really significant any of my end stats for the year, I'm still happy to come out with a win. This oh no, that might help you. We don't know. What is that? Any, right? any points, any points uh, to come yeah. along. But it does mean... You have changed the outcome. You have changed people's destinies, Gina, as it comes to the Predictions League, and especially the Pay-Per-View League, because their final scores for WWE Pay-Per-View League, James <laughs> is on five, Gina on six, just ran out of events. Gee, I'm, oh boy, are we glad this Gina didn't start in January. Thank you, Tristan. Jesus Christ, yeah. we'd no all be down. <laughs> we'd all be five points behind. He's, he's very scared for next year. I'm worried. <laughs> I am shitting myself. I know. I know. We need to up our game for sure. I've been doing WWE stuff, <laughs> and I've never had a worse score in my in my run of eight years here. Uh, but it does mean last place. Yeah, right. Well, it does mean <laughs> it does mean the Monty and Jaxie finish on seven points each when it comes to the <laughs> prediction league. Fair play. So it means Monty and Jaxie get two points each for the league win as well. All right. So then that will go to the bonus league. Let's go. So at the moment, the points have now been contabulated. Hang on. Let me tap, Quiddy. That's me tapping away. Uh, They have been moved across. And Gina at the moment is on seven. Gina's on seven. Jaxie's on eight. Monty's on ten. I am on 14. But don't panic. There's one more bonus point on the line for NXT deadline, which Jaxie and Gina have oh, on NXT yes. event this year. One for potential perfect <laughs> score. So if you get a perfect score in this one, that's two-point swing. And then, like we said, the points from the AEW League, WWE, and the bonus league go into the final league of the year with and predictions to make the difference. It will make sense when we do it. It doesn't make sense. Doesn't sound like it makes sense now, but trust yeah. me, we will find out how many. So it, just to put it here, so if Gina finds out she is five points behind, uh, you know, the leader in the the league with the year end predictions, there's about I think fifty, uh, maybe fo- definitely forty. I think there's about forty predictions because we've <laughs> got all the champions in. AEW, uh, New Japan as well, WrestleMania main events, full (laughs) gear main event. We are going to have the best time ever at the year-end predictions, which will happen on a a New Year's Eve special. And of course, like I said, December coming up is going to be great because we've got the WNR Wars coming up. 
And then, of course, we'll find out who is the true prediction king and or queen of the WNR podcast. Um, but like I said, it's going to be really, really good stuff. They did have a post-show press conference as well uh, with Triple H announcing the show was the most viewed Survivor Series in history as well as the highest grossing ever. And basically, he said it's the best event we've ever done ever. <laughs> That's it. Uh, and it seems to be at this moment. Sami Zayn <laughs> did come out for a few words. Uh, he said he will never turn on the bloodline. He's part of the hottest act. He's main event talent. Heyman said he was going to have a guest spot and become the star of the show. This was actually great. I could have done an hour of Paul and Sammy and then Bianca, uh, Blair and Lynch next. Bex talked about practice earlier for a dive, which is probably the most interesting thing. People listen to that and go, what, you practice it first? But <laughs> obviously you do. And then finally, Raw notes on Raw. Kevin Owens assisted. He wasn't angry at Sami Zayn, but made it clear he no longer wanted anything to do with the man who'd been so closely linked to him for two decades. And in the main event, Owens beat Jey Uso, despite the presence of Bloodline. And then finally, SmackDown notes, because I finally had a chance to catch that up as well. Tegan Knox returned. Yeah, that's what Shiny I thought. That was so random. Uh, I would have totally done that so much more differently. I would have had her turn up to make a save during a singles match with Dakota Kai in this match. Yeah. Yeah. I, she was taken out by Dakota Kai, and they breezed by this so quickly that Michael Cole had to really quickly like, put that in uh, like as commentary. Um a lot of people who didn't watch that time wouldn't know of like the the impact that Dakota Kai had had by turning. Yeah. And as that was on NXT, you'd have thought that that would have been a better moment to have had her return during a match so that Michael Cohen uh, could really like discuss it and actually go into further depth to update people, you know? Yeah. So am I excited to see her back? Yeah, like bring it. I, I want to see what she can uh, bring to this division now as well. At the same time, I also wasn't as excited at her return because it was just so quickly breezed over. Well, look how well they've treated Emma since she returned, you know? So I don't think we should be worried. Oh, yet. my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Better than she's back. I'm going to everything with her and Madcap Moss are cringe. Just because even if people are, are, are dating in real life, they, they ain't married. They're no. not Bianca Belair and Montez Ford yet. Like, can we stop, like, coupling up everyone? Because, oh, do you know what? Stop, they might not yeah. be together in a year's time or something. So... Can we just stop doing that? Because also, it's just cringe. Her doing, her giving him a little kiss on on the cheek. Oh, yeah, no. It sounds like they don't, they just don't have anything else for him, though. That's what that sounds like. Yeah, yeah, you start going to personal life for no reason. It's just like you don't have anything else for these people, do you? Yeah. You again. Just do that what? then. If you if you got plenty of people that you got not doing nothing and are linked to no storylines, bring back the mixed tag championship league to give mm. other people... challenge. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> would actually be fun. Exactly. <laughs> just do that again. That I don't need yeah. some cringy or just have her compete. Yeah, yeah, or make a women's division. <laughs> yeah. that is or just like have her actually compete right in yeah, fighting exactly one of these right. divisions that they have. Because you have two perfectly yeah. good divisions that the she can is, be a part of. The thing is, though, like yeah. you said, it's becoming a bit of a joke, the amount of women that are returning and then seemingly just waiting and catering. I mean, Poor I'm Lacey. Them, 
put the piss yeah. out of AEW. Like, how many returns does Lacey Evans need? I was so bored. I was like, why are we getting this again? Are you seriously trying to make her another face <laughs> again with this package? I fucking out. Of just promos of her talking about being this upstanding military person thing, mm-hmm. and then they bring her back, flip her to a heel, like within two weeks, as soon as she finally graces our screen. Then she disappears for a hot set, and now you're coming back again with another promotional military. I'm this video. Oh my god, please no. Another person yeah. who just needs to compete. Like she has been shooting yeah. yeah, back exactly. and having her baby a, for a long time. We're in a match or something, for God's sake. She rarely sake. fights yeah, other than the, these the, random multi women matches <laughs> out of nowhere. Honestly, so, she, yeah. she becomes synonymous. She's become synonymous for making her entrance and then taking her ass back to catering. Yeah. Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yes, yeah. right. Right. So before. We got into the main we event down. Well, before <laughs> we get to the main event, I think I've forgotten to do the end of the event scores, so, <laughs> which is pretty important. Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so we do, we do match rating and MVP for Survivor Series War Games. So match of the night for me will be the men's War Games match. Jaxi, would you pick the women's or the men's as your favourite? Uh, I'm going to go with the women's uh, for a favourite match. Yeah. Uh, Monty, yours was the triple threat. Triple threat, yeah. And Gina, yours was the main event. So, MVP of the night. Is this too easy? Is the MVP too easy an award? I've I've copped out. I've gone Sami Zayn. Jaxie, what about you? Yeah, I I went Sami Zayn as well. I I have to. Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Monty, please help. (laughs) No, no, it's a sweep. Yeah. Well, yeah, doesn't yeah, happen in the WNR yeah. Wars, but happened here with Sami Zayn. We have got a sweep, and then five scores out of ten. Uh, Gina starts off. What would you rank this out of ten? Um, do you know what? Overall, it was it was good. I mean, the, all the matches in between both War Games matches were were really good and entertaining. We had quite a few matches that you know, gave us outcomes we weren't expecting, even if a couple of us went with the prediction, it was just kind of elite. Um, so I definitely will rate it. I'll give it a nine because I was entertained all throughout. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Monty. Yeah, uh, it was only one lull in this show. And uh, even in that situation, like I mentioned, uh, I, I, I like Shotzi. So, yeah, I'm going like nine and nine and a quarter, nine and a half, something like this. Which one? <laughs> if you're gonna nine and a quarter, bro. Nine and a quarter. Go with it. Nine and a quarter. Because what I'll try and hopefully do is go back and look at how we've ranked all the scores throughout the year and try and pick out like our, our pay per views we've rated the most, so to speak. Gotcha. Um, well, for me, it's a clash. But <laughs> hey, no spoilers. Uh, Jaxi, what would you rate this out of ten? Yeah. Uh... I'm going to go ahead and give it an eight and a half. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm going to give that a nine out of ten. Like I said, really, really good stuff. Uh, Five matches filled up the the gap well. And I wasn't bored during the men's and the women's games matches. Usually when you have to wait for stuff, it does come a little, you know, uh, tedious. But I think it all played out. The only thing I would swap probably is Shotzi and Ronda just after the women's war games just to get rid of it. 
and then the crowd would probably been on their feet a little bit more for Balor and AJ. Uh, but we talked about SmackDown, and of course, the main event was the World Cup. Let's not talk about the soccer World Cup, because that doesn't matter. The only World Cup that matters <laughs> is the wrestling one. I'll have of you know. Um, well, in the World Cup final, we have Legado were sent packing. And this is another thing. When the problem with teams and managers helping you out, as soon as they're sent away, you're thinking, Babyface is winning. Uh, but again, we weren't sure because we had Santos Escobar and Ricochet one-on-one. These two men danced on the barricade and then dazzled in the final stretch. Let them wrestle and the crowd will come. Uh, Rick wins the World Cup, Monty. So, USA, USA, USA. I mean, Cole would have been devastated with the USA's elimination versus Netherlands. Imagine them getting beat by a team, team Peter Pan is from. But England haven't played Senegal yet. So, I'll keep my words short and sweet because I may have to eat Relax. So, Monty, what do you think of the World Cup? The concept wasn't too bad, but man, this match was an absolute banger. Yeah, it, it, you know what? I was I was mixed, but at the same time, I understood it. I actually liked the outcomes of it because again, you had a chance to get to see people in their element just wrestling, and it, and it has a purpose. You like, I love the fact that we have a clear end goal here, which is you know Gunther's or Volta's championship. So it's cool. So uh, I I really love the concept, and I loved how we got pretty. Really good matches for the most part, you know, other than maybe the bronze participation, but even his stuff wasn't too bad. You know, it was just, you know, you know what to expect when bronze out there. But yeah, so I, I, yeah, I enjoyed the tournament as a whole and to have this to cap it off. Uh, again, a guy like Sam, like we all know what Ricochet can do. I, I think everyone knows he's special at this point, but I, I think for a lot of people on a, a grand scale to finally get a chance to see Santos Escobar. You know, we if we people who've been watching NXT may already know just how damn good he is. But I think that may have been the first time a lot of people got a chance to see really what he can do in a one-on-one setting without the without like the help of Legato. Even though he lost, he put on a, a really really good show, and I really loved this match. So yeah, it was a great final, great way to cap things off, and it was no way like you mentioned after what and there was no way the USA was losing. No, no. you <laughs> so, knew that yeah. from the start. That, like, yeah. yeah, I knew it. No way the <laughs> USA was losing. World Cup without USA winning. But then again, the only issue I had with this was the fact that, like, oh, in two weeks, Ricochet loses to uh, Gumford to set up the Braun match. Yeah. Because obviously with Braun earlier with, uh, I say earlier, obviously with Kofi versus uh, Gunther as well, which, again, another good matchup. But I thought Raw and SmackDown mm-hmm. were really good this week. I mean, Gene, I don't know what you thought, but I thought they're actually really entertaining coming off an event and we are interested in the product. And I can't remember the last time that happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. I think even me and Jaxie were speaking about this when watching it. We were just like, I actually don't remember being this excited to see like the show after especially after a pay-per-view in a long time so that was a nice change to be excited for it yeah i think without that like i said it'd be interesting times ahead obviously we've got the rumble the chamber and then wrestlemania uh and i think the lead up to the rumble is going to be very interesting and like i said the bloodline as a, a, a proper group so to speak with no problems and we're just waiting for it now we're waiting for something to go wrong 
but we don't know what it possibly could be. And another thing as well, it looks like we might be getting as well, is Sheamus and McIntyre as a team against the Usos. I mean, I don't mind Drew losing. I'm used to it. But I think these matches can deliver. Uh, so, Jackson, like I said, the future <laughs> as we head towards the Rumble looks very entertaining. I mean, yeah, I, I do have to say it's very strange to feel like in the space of a year, my perception of WWE has been relatively negative um, and it's switched up to being really positive and, you know, kind of looking forward to the outcomes of, uh, you know, all of the events. So for me, going into the new year, I'm very excited to see what wrestling will bring, not just from WWE, but AEW as well. I can only hope that things continue to progress. Uh, we get a lot more um, potential crossovers with New Japan, um, especially like uh, potentially something happening in WWE with New Japan would be an amazing achievement. Yeah, um, I'm just excited to see what what we're going to get in this next year to come. So this is, is another exciting time to be a wrestling fan. Yeah, without a doubt, we've actually left this on a positive. I mean, go back and listen to like the year end last year with WWE. It weren't this. So, like I said, they have turned a corner here. Uh, but that is it for today. Don't forget, we're across all social media: Twitter at the WNR Podcast. I'm at the WNR JR. You can find the entire WNR team on the Twitter banner. Or oh, Monty, do you want to plug your stuff? Yes, yes, please, uh, you know, check out the newest podcast on my uh, Twitter, at MindMontyPod on Twitter, or you can go to MindMonty on YouTube. I'll probably be uploading some clips, uh, even though it's a pretty short show. Biggest announcement on my show, but it has nothing to do with wrestling, so just check it out. Um, and, yeah, I've already been getting a lot of positive feedback from it, so any any more support will be appreciated. Uh, I thank you once again for always providing this platform. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy to be back hard, you know, doing my thing. Yeah, you will not believe the announcement. I mean, I'm not going to build it up anymore. But literally, stop listening to this pod right now and listen to Monty because you will not believe it. You know, it's just the announcement is so huge and so just gigantic. But also, we've got Jaxie. Jaxie, where can people find you? (laughs) I need to pay you for promo. <laughs> that was brilliant. You know, like A for, for that um, execution there, James. Um, you can find me on both Instagram and Twitter at Jaxie Scarlet. And Gina. Gina. I didn't even hear you say my name to say go. I'm sorry. Gina! Gina! Yeah, I was for an introduction that you didn't do jack shit. So, like, where's my intro, James? Where's my intro? Anyway, you can find me on both at Purple Pain. With an E on the end. Perfect. Sorry, don't be to interrupt to correct you. This is technically an outro. The intro, I always sing you a song. So don't tell me I don't do it. All right? Because I've had enough. Uh, <laughs> honestly. I won this one. I should. I won this one, so I'm wearing my crown, and I need my. I need to be, feel like a queen. So yeah. Bow down. Well, I'll Bow. Do, yes. Well, okay. Let me uh, let me just look. Let me work that out. Okay, we'll do it. I mean, technically, <laughs> her name does mean queen in Latin, so you you might want to uh, remember that. Yeah. 
and James probably oh, means hell. dickhead. So let's not look too much into <laughs> what <laughs> mean. But a double know also on Facebook, Instagram, across all good platforms, send us an email at double podcast at gmail.com, YouTube, double podcast. We have latest clips and podcasts got the same time on YouTube. And you do SoundCloud on your phone. You try to do that quicker. Also, Spotify and iTunes, we can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. Our next episode, well... I'm hoping to do an Impact show. And yes, Gina, we still follow Impact on the pod. Uh, we've got Overdrive coming up and Throwback Throwdown, which was Sid fucking dream. Uh, but we also got NXT update. That's coming up next weekend. Uh, we've got six episodes. And of course, we'll be doing predictions for NXT deadline as well. Monty, you and I, will you be in a good mood after six fucking episodes of NXT? <laughs> That's what I said. It's a lot of Von Wagner lately, too, so I'm in trouble, bro. Yeah, Von <laughs> fucking Wagner. But uh, <laughs> that is it. Uh, I've been James Rollins. I was joined by the fantastic Jaxie Scarlett. Thank you for joining. It's been fun, so thank you for having me. And on to the next one. Yeah, the uh, mind of Monty. Make sure you listen to the podcast. It's huge. It's huge. Thank you, thank you. And as far as the WWE rankings go, I'm a loser and a winner, so I'm feeling great. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that is going to be another T-shirt made. Have winner on the front, loser on the back, and we just turn when we feel like it. And finally, last, (laughs) but by no means least, the current queen of predictions here on the WNR podcast, the AEW Full Gear winner, the WWE Survivor Series War Games winner, the one, the only, the magnificent, the genius, which is Gina. Thank you for joining. That's what I'm talking about, James. That's what I'm talking about. Hype me up. <laughs> thank you for having me and my G-Site. Yes. Well, thank everybody for listening and bye. <laughs>